Welcome to the Endurance Sports Network, a place to hear great conversations with the world's greatest and most inspirational runners, cyclists, triathletes, and coaches. Now, here's your host, USA Triathlon and Ironman Triathlon Hall of Famer, Bob Babbitt. Welcome to the Endurance Sports Network. My name is Bob Babbitt. We're brought to you by the Tough Man Triathlon Series. That's toughmantri.com. By VeloFix, the world's coolest mobile bike shop. By Polar, chase your destiny. By Premium Plus Sports, official travel partner of the Tough Man Triathlon Series. By Swim Run USA, epic races in epic places. That's USA-swimrun.com. By our Challenged Athletes Foundation, last year we sent out 2,448 grants, totaling $3.7 million to keep challenged athletes in the game of life through sport. Check out any of our interviews on Babbyville.com or on iTunes. And as always, endurance lives here. The Murnivator, National Geographic <laughs> Adventurer of the Year. Her new book, which is wonderful, a beautiful work in progress. Myrna Valerio joins us. Myrna, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me on your show. You know what, Myrna? It is a true honor. So take me back. You grew up in Brooklyn? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, back in the mid-70s, early 80s, that kind of thing. And, uh, and now I live in Georgia. So growing up in Brooklyn, what were your sports growing up? I, You know what? I did not play sports before high school because, you know, we were a, a pretty poor family. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up running up and down the block uh, and, you know, playing kind of street sports with my cousins and my friends. And... Um, but then when I went to high school, I actually played field hockey and lacrosse. Okay. And so, uh, you know, and even and you went, when you were younger, you went to a camp in upstate New York, and you learned to swim and mm-hmm. hike and camp. Is that when you sort of learned your, your love of the outdoors? Yeah, absolutely. I, when, I, when I had the opportunity to go to sleepaway camp for four weeks, it was my first time away from home, I fell in love with the outdoors. I fell in love with the challenges, with the people. Um, just being out in nature all the time and, and, and always having a, an excuse to be outside. Um, and, yeah, and that kind of, like, that changed the trajectory of my life, I think. So that was always sort of in the background that, hey, I really love the outdoors. And then you started, mm-hmm. when you are in your 20s, you started running 5Ks. And at the time, you, so you were a music and Spanish teacher and still are. <laughs> yes, Uh <laughs> I still, well, I don't really teach music anymore, but I am definitely a Spanish teacher, and I do, and I direct the diversity program at my school. But, uh, yeah, when I was in my 20s was when I started doing 5Ks and 10Ks, and I really, I fell in love with it. I really, really loved being in a community of people that had similar goals to me and that wanted to have fun and, and to be social while running. So there was a point when your your son's dealing with asthma and you're working a lot and stressed, and you you got up what over three hundred pounds? Yeah, I was um, when I moved down to Maryland. I was in a very stressful stressful position. My son was really young. He was sick all the time, which meant I was sick all the time. My right. husband still lived in New York, and um, I did gain a lot of weight, um, mostly from stress and just not you know not working out and sure. not being as active as I had been in the past. And then so I. After a couple of years, I moved to Maryland. I moved um, from Maryland to New Jersey, and, and that's when I had my health scare back in 2008 when I thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, you thought um, you were yeah. having a heart attack? Yes. 
I was driving back from a gig, a weekend gig, uh, and I started having chest pains, and, and it was really, it was, uh, it was scary. Uh, I'd never had chest pains before, but, you know, I followed up with a cardiologist a week later, and um, after going to the ER and being told I wasn't having a heart attack, um, and, you know, he told me that I had to change my life if I wanted to see my son grow up, so I did. That was wow. in 2008. And how old were you at that time? That, you're, you're very young to have a doctor say something <laughs> like that. I would say 34. Wow. Uh, maybe 33, 33, 34. And I was, I was pretty young and, you know, and I, and I, and I was, for me, I was at a weight that for me was, that was too heavy. And, you know, and from having been very active previous to moving down to Maryland, it was like my body changed significantly. And, and so it sent me a message and I heated it. And you know, here, we are, here we are now. So what's interesting is you, when you go down that sort of sedentary lifestyle and then, then things start spiraling when you're sedentary and you're not eating great, you are tired all the time and you're like, mm-hmm. how can I even go for a workout? I feel like crap and you have a workout and you don't feel good about the results of it. it how did you get out of that, that spiraling downtrend? Well, you know what? I mean, it it did help. You know, I always think of this health care as a gift uh, because it did wake me up yeah. to the fact that I did need to change my lifestyle. And and um, but what helped me sort of get out of it? And 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 in addition to being told by the cardiologist that I was going to die. Yeah, that's <laughs> never a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I knew what it was to be an athlete because I had been previously. Right. Yep. I knew how it felt to run. I knew that it would take a long time to get my body back into the condition that it had been. Um, and I knew that, you know, I knew that I was in it for the long run. So, um, so I went back, literally I went back on the treadmill, <laughs> yeah. uh, the day after that, that cardiologist appointment and, and it was really hard. It was really tough. I had, it was one of the slowest miles I'd ever run. Uh, well, I didn't even run most of it because I couldn't. It was 17 minutes and 45 seconds, and uh, it was painful, both mentally and physically. Uh, but I knew that this was the start of something, and I had to start somewhere. So, uh, and it, you know, so I was disappointed, but I was also motivated to keep going. I was like, well, tomorrow I'm going to do better. The day after tomorrow I'm going to do better. You know, in three days I'm going to do even better. And that's what I did. I got back on the treadmill, and I only had a goal of doing a mile. Let me do a mile. Let me do it a little bit faster than I did yesterday. And that grew into 5Ks eventually because I needed a goal. <laughs> I, I'm a person that really needs to work towards a goal, whether it's a big goal or a small goal. And so I said that, you know, I let the 5Ks kind of lead me into the next goal. The 5Ks became 10Ks. 10Ks became half marathons. Half marathons became marathons, you know, which are the gateway drugs, obviously, to ultra marathons. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. And so your first marathon, 2011 Marine Corps Marathon? Yes, Marine Corps Marathon, and it was awesome. It was, I, you know, the marathon itself was the icing on the cake. I really fell in love with the training, yeah. being out there for hours, because I'm super slow. So, <laughs> but I love, you know, testing my body like that for five hours or for six hours. And in seeing what I could do, um, you know, in my own body, that was incredible for me. Yeah, I love your quote, my body is meant for running, just not fast. When did you when did you start a blog? I started my blog actually when I started training for the Marine Corps Marathon in 2011. I wanted to share my experiences uh, with people, my stories, because I talked about it all the time. You know, runners. Of we course. talk about running incessantly. That's why all the other people who are non-runners hate us. 
um, but, you know, I, a friend of mine said, hey, you know, why don't you write a blog? You talk about it all the time. You're writing about it on Facebook all the time. You are a writer, so do a blog. And I, you know, I didn't really know what a blog was or how to start it, and she helped me out. And um, this is a friend that actually gave me the name of the Murnivator. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I, I started a blog, and, you know, I didn't write in it very often, but when I had a story to tell, I would tell it. And it, you know, it turned out, you know, in a couple of years, it turned out that people really were interested in my stories and any advice or any wisdom that I had learned for myself. And, um, and it was a, a really cool way to share, um, you know, my, the, the inner workings of Myrna Valerio with, uh, with my friends and family. So if fat girl running. How did you come up with the title? <laughs> was it, and when you did do Fat Girl Running, were there people who were not nice who responded to your blog? Um, you know what? It's, well, okay, so to answer your first question, I came up with the name um, because I identified as a fat girl who ran, ran or who runs. And so I named it Fat, fat Girl Running knowing that it would be somewhat controversial and it would ruffle people's feathers. Right, right. <laughs> because the word fat is very powerful, it's very loaded, and I know that, but I'm okay with the word. And I, I know that other people aren't okay with it, but you know what? It spurred conversation, it spurred dialogue, and that's kind of what I do in my life anyway. I like to encourage dialogue so we can get everything out into the forefront. Um, I haven't really gotten a whole lot of negative comments on my personal blog, People talk about me all the time <laughs> yeah. on other <laughs> and other uh, sort of media venues, but um, I've, I've gotten a couple of things, you know, hurled at me personally. Um, two things, two or three things on my blog specifically, but more recently I had this email uh, that someone sent to me, like at my work email, that was really hurtful. Wow, I mean, the fact you know what's what's interesting to me is I, I go back a lot of years in this and mm-hmm. you know back in the day in the in the eighties if you did a marathon in over four hours and fifty four hours fifteen minutes was the last finisher right that's the way mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. but what helped running grow was the fact that it, we became an equal opportunity abuser we don't care how tall you are if you're missing a leg if you're in a wheelchair come on out and love this great sport. Love feeling right. good about yourself. And it became the reason that Rock and Roll Marathon is 65% right. women and the reason mm-hmm. you're getting 25, 30, 40,000 participants isn't because people are running fast. They're running for themselves. They're, and it's them right. against themselves in the course to change their lives. Exactly. You know, and, and people, people are out there for different reasons. You know, yes. some people are there for weight loss. Some people are there for the social aspect. Some people just love running. And they don't care how fast they are. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Um, and some people want to set really good examples for their children, for other members of their families, their friend circles. But here I am doing something really hard. And I'm never going to be really good at it, but I love doing it, but I, and I'm going to continue doing it. Um, and that's kind of like what I do. Like, I'm not a good runner. Uh, I can run for a really long time. I can run walk for days. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't do it quickly, but I love it. I love being out there. And it's hard, and I love the challenge of it. And I want to show people that, you know, no matter who you are, you can get – it might not be running. It might not be hiking or backpacking or whatever, but the, there is – you definitely have the possibility of having a great experience even if you are not – uh, really, really successful at something, you always learn something about yourself. What, what's always interesting is uh, becoming becoming a role model because there's obviously mm-hmm. people out there who look at you and go, 
if this woman is running a marathon or an ultra marathon or a tough mutter, if she has the guts to do it, why can't I? And, and I'm, I'm guessing you're the type of person when you get those type of notes, you help get me off the couch. You help change I my life. Them. Is that the best? That I, you know what? I lo- and some people say, well, I don't mean to offend you, but I, I look at you and say, say to myself, well, if she can do it, then I can do it. That's exactly what I want you to say. Exactly. That's, you know, like, because, you know, you look at me and you, some people automatically think that, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. But when you look at me and see me doing it or you see me represented on the cover of a magazine, then it becomes believable. It becomes a possibility for you. So that's, that's exactly the kind of comment I want. So when I see diversity practitioner... What exactly does that mean? <laughs> okay, so I'm the director of equity and inclusion at my school. And uh-huh. what that means is I really try to encourage our entire school community to deal with our cultural intersections as they occur, to be proactive about learning about people's cultural identities, you know, not being homophobic or sexist or racist or, you know, all of the other isms that you can think of exactly. to really try to live in a harmonious, respectful community. So that includes programming. I bring speakers on campus. I do a lot of the training of faculty members and of students. I lead a couple of student groups. And when things, when situations arise, a lot of people come to me first. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I also serve as an advocate for faculty and students when, when these, like, really tricky situations arise with when people think somebody's being racist or sexist or, or ageist or ableist to them, uh, I really try to handle it in a way that's beneficial to everybody. What are some of your favorite running moments? <laughs> um, when I finished my first marathon, yeah, absolutely, Marine Corps, my yep. favorite. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not a crier, but I definitely cried <laughs> uh, when the Marine put my first um, marathon medal on me in yes. 2011. That was really special. The first, the first time I did an ultra was really amazing because, not because I'd finished. I mean, I, was, I knew I was going to finish. Right. Um, but because as soon as I finished, the race director put my medal on me and said, I'll see you at the 50K next year. <laughs> <laughs> and I took that as a directive, and I showed up at the 50K next year to do my first 50K. And um, so... So that was really special. And um, Havelina, 100, 100K, you know, I'd never done a distance that far before, and it took me over a day to do it. But I, I'm always learning about myself. But I learned so much about my own personal grit and my ability to withstand <laughs> lots of pain, lots of boredom, and lots of fear. So that, you know, that kind of remains at the top. And, my, and, and the last thing I'll say is uh, Trans Rockies this past year yeah. in August. I didn't finish. <laughs> it's a six-day stage race. I didn't right. finish it. Yeah. But that, that definitely is one of the top experiences of my life. I'm going back again this year because <laughs> uh, I want to finish. Uh, but, like, the views, the people, the, whole, the entire experience is, was first class. First class. And I, yeah, I'd do it every year if I could. What have you learned about yourself through all of this? Because, I mean, when I look at what you've accomplished, one, you're out there. What Have you run, what, nine or ten marathons at this point, maybe even more? Nine marathons. Boston will be my tenth. Oh, you run in Boston. <laughs> That's right. We will be yeah. there for Highlands. <laughs> You'll be joining me at the Highlands booth for Breakfast yeah, with Bob. We'll be, uh, we'll be hanging out. I love that. Yeah. 
So you're somebody who's sponsored by Skirt Sports. Uh, Nicole DeBoom is only one of my favorite people on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, her her husband, Tim, won the Ironman two years in a row in 2001, right. yep. 2002. Meryl. Yeah, I know. I know and, both of them. <laughs> yeah, and, and Women's Running Magazine. I mean, mm-hmm. th- when you first started this, I'm sure you weren't thinking, you know what, I'm going to get myself a running shoe sponsor. I'm going to go get uh, be on a cover of magazines. No. I'm going to be a model. <laughs> You know, it was my own personal journey, and, you know, I eventually wanted to share it with people, but not, you know, I was never thinking that it was, that it would ever be, become this big or would become a story that people would want to talk about, um, and, or want to read my book, you know, I, um, but it's, it's all really cool, it's, it's, uh, I, I feel really honored to be connected to companies like Merrill and Skirtsports and Swiftwick Fox and, you know, like, and to have Sponsors, like what fat person do you know <laughs> that doesn't win anything? See, <laughs> sponsor. It just, you know, it's it's uh, it's incredible to me, and I'm again, like I feel so uh, I'm, I feel so fortunate to be in the position that I am. But you know, like I, you know, my and my work is to to inspire people and to make the world a better place. I mean, that's what I do in my diversity work. That's what I do as a Spanish teacher. That's what I do. You know, when I'm out there running and people see me and they see this you know, heavy girl chugging away, you know, and if that makes them say, hey, I want to do that too, that's, you know, that I've done my job. So, like, the fact that I have a really big platform to do that, that's really incredible to me. More with Myrna Valerio. And now, back to the Endurance Sports Network with your host, USA Triathlon and Ironman Triathlon Hall of Famer, Bob Babbitt. Welcome back to the Endurance Sports Network. Our guest this week is the author of A Beautiful Work in Progress. Her name is the Myrnavator, Myrna Valerio. What I like about all of this is the fact that you know, you're changing lives, right? Changing perceptions. I, I'm one of the founders of our Challenge Athletes Foundation. And for years, when we were, when our, somebody missing a leg or someone in a wheelchair, sponsors would invariably say, why would we sponsor that person? Well, because they stand out, because they don't look like everybody else, because they they bring a different, like you mentioned, grit to the table. Mm-hmm. And in this era, it just seems like more companies are understanding that you stand out, that you represent something beyond I ran a six-minute mile, right? You represent mm-hmm. somebody overcoming and also loving every second of it. I mean, you know, and this is not to say that we don't need, like, really, really elite athletes, because I think we always need to push the boundaries of what humans can do. Absolutely. Um, But we, yeah, and we, but I think that at some point we're we're saturated with those images. Um, And again, those people need to exist and we need to to champion them and to cheer them on. But what about the rest of us? (laughs) You know, and also, like, when you think about the bottom line, you think of economics and financials. You know, you've got a lot of other people in, that want to participate. Um, you know, so if you have somebody like me or somebody who is a wheelchair athlete or somebody who doesn't necessarily fit the norm yep. of, you know, what an athlete is or what people think an athlete is or the perception of what an athlete is, then you are, you are now catering to a whole other set of people that will give you market share. And obviously it's not just about market share, but, I mean, that's a huge part of it. And, um, you know, we have money. We want to spend it. We also want to be included. We love sports. <laughs> you know, make clothes for us. Make shoes for us. Like, show us in public. <laughs> Don't be embarrassed by us. 
because, you know, we're the people that, that are buying this stuff uh, again. So, yeah. <laughs> what have been some of your toughest moments as, as a runner? Um, I would definitely say my absolute toughest. There are, there are two really tough moments. Um, one was, the, the one was when, um, I got that really nasty email when I, when I was in the middle of a 50K. Um, During the middle, uh, you got that in the middle of a race? It, yeah, actually I was at mile, like 28 and a half, 29 of a 50K, so I was almost done. Yeah. And I opened my phone and, cause it had buzzed and I was going to take some pictures of me and my friends. And right. so I got this email at the, almost at the end of this race while I was doing a 50K. Uh, you know, this email that was accusing me of being a fraud and not really doing what I do. And, and that wow. was really hurtful. Not doing what you're, what you say you do and you're basically 30 well, miles into a 31 mile race. Yes. <laughs> that is a funny. So, you know, even though, you know, even though intellectually I knew like, well, I'm actually doing it yeah. <laughs> right now, but it's still painful when people are mean like that. Um, it especially, it's more painful when you, they have taken a lot of effort to, to do these. Like he, uh, it was a guy, he looked up my email. He had to dig a little to find my work email. Right. And, uh, and then, yeah, he went through my work email and sent me this really nasty, really nasty letter. And, uh, which really dampened my spirits for a little bit, but my friends, thank God they were there, said, put your phone away. This guy's a jerk. Obviously he doesn't know you. He doesn't know anything about you. And you are doing the thing that he says you are not doing. You're doing it right now. So let's get this finished. So, so, uh, they saved me for myself. (laughs) that moment but so yeah that was definitely uh really a, a rude awakening there were so many there, there are people out there that and their only intention is to harm people emotionally yeah um there's, there's but, always you know, the community i'm sorry there's always haters always haters yeah you know and it's but it, you know it's but it's still hurtful you know so like but uh but you know that ended up, ended up being a huge gift to me because then that's what the rei video was about that's right, right? Because they were out there shooting while you were, was, while you got that. While this happened, the the filmmaker um, saw me post this email on Instagram while she was waiting for me at the finish, and uh, and so you know that became the the subject of the film because we were you know we were originally gonna just do something about you know a black woman out in the woods, <laughs> a black woman running a fifty k. Right, and so, uh, but it turned into this other thing, which you know, again, ended up being a gift. Um, so, so that was the first really tough moment. And um, I've had tough physical moments before, but the one I had at uh, Trans Rockies yes. this year, where I broke down in tears, um, mile six out of twenty-four. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I was suffering from altitude sickness. Yeah. I couldn't eat, I couldn't drink, and I insisted on starting this day. And uh, and this is after I how think, many I, how many days into this is, is this is the this is day five. Wow! So you're five days into day what five. a six five seven? days into yeah it was it, the the entire race is 120 miles, but I at that point I was probably sixty something miles in right and and. So, you know, I had a really tough time. Uh, the day before, actually, I'd finished the stage. But this day, you know, I was really dizzy. Again, like I was having really severe tummy issues. And 
um, you know, and I was, I was kind of, I had my, um, my trekking poles and I was leaning on them and I was like swaying back and forth. It can see straight. And I said, I'm fine. I'm fine. And the sleep said, okay, you're fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I had made it 6.2 miles and I couldn't go on anymore. And I felt really, really awful that I had, you know, I felt like I'd held the sleeps up. The, the medic van was right behind me. And, um, and it was, you know, and I felt just, I felt awful physically. I felt awful spiritually and emotionally. And, uh, it was a really low point. Uh, but, uh, but then, you know, after the med- the medic, uh, picked me up and drove me to the top of the mountain, you know, I got into somebody's ATV and he drove me around the top of the mountain. He was like, you're fine. You know, you can yeah. come back next year. We'll try again. That's what's you're, so- you're fine. Let's enjoy the views. What's so great about this stuff is if you don't have a great race one week weekend, there's another one next weekend. There's races mm-hmm. all yep, the time. Exactly, exactly. You know, but but in the moment you can't no, even think course. about all that because you're yeah. like you're feeling so sorry for yourself. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know, I yep, know. Yeah. <laughs> so you're running, you're running Boston. Will this be your first Boston? This will be my first Boston, probably my last. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are going to love it. Boston is the greatest experience there is. I love. I, I can't Boston. wait. Yeah, you're gonna, I can't you're gonna wait. The, you're going to have the best time. Um, and, and after, so what is the, your schedule for the rest of the summer? Oh man, so I've got Boston. Boston's my first big thing this year, and then two weeks after Boston, I've got the North Face Endurance Challenge oh, yeah. in DC. One of my favorite races. Uh, I actually broke my ankle there a couple of years ago. What? Doing the half marathon and so. This is retribution. I don't even know if I'm going to finish the 50K, but I'm going to go out anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> and um, I'll be that 50K on Saturday, and I'll be the 10K. Uh, I'll try to meet up some, with some of my um, my fans <laughs> during the 10K the next day. And then I have, in May, I've got the Azores 65K. I'm really excited about that. Um, that sounds, then, uh, I don't know why, but Azores sounds hilly. What, what is that? It, it, you know, it's you know, an island or a bunch of islands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> in the middle of the Atlantic. So <laughs> I think it is hilly. And you know, I love hills. I love it. Do you um, really? But I'm, yeah. Usually, yeah, really usually a, a bigger runner, you're talking hills, it's like, oh, God, last thing I need is I that. Feel, you know, there's, I, I feel like they're good for your legs. They're good for your heart. Uh-huh. And, you know, and they build, you know, like, there's this whole thing about mental grit. They're hard. Yes. You know, oh, in the are. moment, I might not like hills. Right. But when I'm done with them, I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. One of these years, we've got to get you out here. Have you ever heard of the Catalina Marathon? Yes, I have. Ah, ha, ha. 26 <laughs> miles <laughs> the next March. Yeah, it's about 4,000 feet of climbing. It's fire road. There's wild buffalo out on the course. Oh, what? They take you on a boat to the other side of the island. And you, you run back. There's by, like I said, 23 and a half miles of trails. So you either finish or you become a resident. So it's not like there's much of an option. <laughs> you, you do not, do not quit is, is, is the reality there because you're based, you're going to live there if you're, if you, if you don't finish the thing. It's I don't know pretty if I'd fun. mind that. <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't mind it. It's a beautiful, a beautiful, it's a wildlife sanctuary that you're running through. And it's, wow, it's, awesome. there's points where there's ocean on all four sides. And you'll just oh. be like, oh, it's the most beautiful place on the planet. And we've run, I've, my wife, that was my wife's first marathon, 4,000 feet of climbing. And that year was in a pouring rain. And I'm like, oh, she's going to hate me. 
And she turned to me at mile 25 and a half. She goes, I can't believe it's almost over already. And I'm like, okay, she's it. in. She's in. Sounds like a runner to me. <laughs> Sounds like a runner to me. So the kids you teach, are you also coaching as well, a little cross country? I do. I do. I have like five different jobs at school. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you are pretty much everything at the school. Um, I, I, you know, I used to teach the choral program and do the musical theater stuff, but I don't do that anymore. Um, I, so I teach Spanish, but I also coach. I'm a head coach of the varsity cross country team. And you know, we do, we do okay. <laughs> we do okay. And they, they are fantastic. They, we, I've got a really solid core group of runners who just love running and can't get enough of it. Uh, and then I got a bunch of people that, you know, have never worked out ever before, but yeah. they learn to love running and they, and they eventually start asking me, Hey, Ms. Valerio, can I come work out with you in the morning? Can I, you know, come run with you in the morning? Uh, can you show me, you know, this, a route that'd be good for me to train on? And so it becomes like, so it's this gateway, this entry into general athleticism that yep. I love about running. It, it, and have you found that since you've started this and started the blog, and are people more accepting now, more caring? Uh, I think so. I, you know, I think you know you still have a lot of people stuck in whatever frame of mind yeah. they have about who is an athlete and who's not, and who can run and who can't. And, you know, those people aren't going to go away. But I think the more and more representation we see of different types of bodies and different types of people doing running and other things, the more it becomes normalized, the more, you know, it, it's not an, an anomaly to see somebody like me uh, out on the road doing my training run, you know. Like, so, so, yes, I think there's definitely, there definitely has been a change or a shift in paradigm as far as uh, what people think of runners who aren't super skinny, right. <laughs> uh, you know, doing the act of running. Now, are you the type of person, uh, a lot of people feel, hey, I'm running a race, I just run. Or are you a cross-training type of person where you go to the gym and you do other workouts because you can replace some of the, when you run a lot, that's a mm -hmm. lot of pounding on the joints. Yeah, and you can replace that with uh, using an elliptical, you mm -hmm. can replace that by swimming or riding a bike outside. Do you, do you cross-train or are you primarily a runner? I, you know what, I, I would say I, my... Sport is running. Yep. You know, because I, you know, I train for a specific races. So, like, if I got to do five miles, I do five miles. If I do fifteen miles, I do fifteen miles. But I definitely think it's important to strength train, and I do do. I lift heavy. Right. <laughs> um, and that helps me in a variety of ways. It helps me in my flexibility. It helps me in my general strength, and it's, and it helps me avoid injury. It <laughs> does. No question. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And I I also do yoga. I love yoga. Um, I have a spin bike that I use sometimes, <laughs> and I do my own sort of body body weight TRX kind of workouts oh, okay. every now and then. Yeah. Now, are you the type of person that likes to race or likes to train? Usually, people are, you know, I train because I, I love training, and if I didn't race and didn't have that anxiety of getting up mm -hmm. early and the rest of it, I and I'd be fine with that. I mainly race because it's it's sort of a test and I need to understand. Or people like me, I, if I didn't have to train and I could just race every weekend, again, someone's giving me a cookie and someone's giving me, you know, giving me a medal, you know, a catered, I call them catered workouts. They're not races. Uh -huh. They're catered workouts. I right? just go out there. 
I much rather race than train. Where do you stand on that? I, you know, I really love training. Uh, I love, I love, because I'm not racing. <laughs> I love, but I, you know, I love the events. I yes. love the energy. Yep. Uh, and I love to see, you know, like in a formal way, how I'm doing. Um, not that I can't, like, you know, I have my Garmin. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like, I, it's, it's a different feeling. There's a different energy when you are racing than when you're in training. And I, again, I love training. I love being out there for hours. Like I just ran a five miler today. I was supposed to run 10. Don't tell my coach, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but it was like the best five miler ever, especially because I'm so tired today. And I said, this is going to be a horrible run. It ended up being amazing. And you know, like it just made my afternoon go so much better. Um, and so like, I love that. And I feel like, you know, races give you one thing, but I think training and the, and the, the routine of training gives you another. I also think exactly what you just said, the unknown and the unpredictability. I mean, there's days where you get up, you know, feel good, and mm-hmm. you have that great run, and you're on a high the rest of the day. And then there's other times yeah. you're like, oh, I'm tapered, I'm ready, I'm going to have the best race of my life, and you get altitude sickness. Or, or Yeah, right. <laughs> and, you just, and you have to make lemonade out of it and, and make, yeah. you know, just get through it or, you know, or say, you know what, I'm going to wait for another day. And that's, I think, the unpredictability in – we live in a pretty predictable world, and uh-huh. that unpredictability, I think, is something that comes from sport that maybe not you don't find anywhere else. Right, right, yeah, and, and it's great, and I love that. I love the, uh, yeah, because I think it makes you a better person, and I think it makes you appreciate, you know, when you have really hard times and when things don't go the way you planned, I think it makes you appreciate those times when it does. So cool. So, Myrna, uh, do you have a, a goal? For uh, Boston? Uh, I'd like to do sub six. <laughs> wow, that's good. <laughs> you know, because my, my PR right now is 613.48, I think, from oh, my It's 614.48, I think. You know what? When you're spouting out the seconds, you know exactly what it is. It's 614.48. <laughs> you know what your it time is. 644. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be the goal. It'll, so what, you know what's going to happen, though? You're going to get to uh, Wellesley where everybody's taking photos and everything and you're going to have to you're going to have to be disciplined there and not take stop and take photos with with all the folks there who are going to want to yeah, get I photos, have a problem with photos. <laughs> yeah people want to take photos with the murnivator and you're going to be like oh i was 60115 oh my god i could have done it that is very cool uh if people want to find out more about the murnivator uh, what what is the website or your blog? Sure, I have. I actually do have a website. It's not very good, but it's a website. <laughs> Themurnivator dot com. Okay. Um, I am on Instagram and Twitter as at the Murnivator, and then I am on Facebook. I have two public pages: one called Fat Girl Running, all one word, and the other one is uh, the one that my publicist runs, and it's Myrna Valerio dash the Murnivator. Love it. And the book is called A Beautiful Work in Progress, a memoir yes. by Myrna Valerio, the Myrnavator. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. My name again is Bob Babbitt. We are brought to you every week by the Tough Man Triathlon Series, by Velo Fix, the world's coolest mobile bike shop, by Polar, Chase Your Destiny, by Premium Plus Sports, official travel partner of the Tough Man Triathlon Series, by Swim Run USA, Epic races in epic places. That's USA-swimrun.com. By our Challenge Athletes Foundation. Last year, we sent out 2,448 grants, totaling 
$3.7 million to keep challenged athletes in the game of life through sport. Check out any of our interviews on Babbittville.com or on iTunes. And until next time, remember, endurance lives here.